When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what up, y'all? It's your girl, Vivica Fox, and welcome to an all-new Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. We are going bigger and bolder. I'm your go-to girl for people, ideas, knowledge, inspiration, faith, love, trust, success, and of course, F-U-N, fun. Your hustle is going to get an upgrade with the most surprising, exciting, and fabulous guests from all walks of life. You're in good hands, darlings. Don't forget to subscribe and download to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. All right, you all get on in here because today is going to be all about motivation. My guest today decided he didn't want to build someone else's dream life. A promising career as a professional athlete was taken away from him with an injury. It forced him to find a new dream. Starting over turned out to be Ed Milet's greatest strength and unlocked a genius for finding motivation and confidence in life's tragedies. A hero is someone who finds an answer to a problem and shares it with others. If so, Ed Milet is a born hero. Today, he is one of the premier business leaders, peak performance experts, and motivational speakers in the world. He has a passion for mentoring and coaching others. He's a best-selling author, host of the top-rated Max Out Your Life podcast, and speaks all over the world. If you want to learn how to become the next best version of you, well, babies, I need you to get on in here and listen up. Please welcome to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox, Mr. Ed Milet. Hey, Ed. Vivica, thank you for having me. I, I need to get a recording of that. I want to play that for my kids because that was <laughs> over the top good. I don't know how much. At least 100% of that was right on. So thank you so much. I think that absolutely 100% of it <laughs> is dead on because I did your show, yes. you know, your podcast show. And I'm going to tell you, like, um, with doing your podcast show, I went, and of course, and I started following you, which is what we always do. We share the love. And you are just one of the most positive, motivating men that I have ran into in a really long time. Thank so you. let's start from where it all started. Where are you from, Ed? Well, originally I'm from Boston, but I grew up in Southern Cal. I grew up in Southern California and mm. uh, kind of middle class, maybe maybe slightly lower middle class. But uh, what what is unique about my upbringing, well, it's not unique. It's that I come from kind of a dysfunctional family. Probably everybody listening is like, okay, yeah, guess what? Me too. But I, <laughs> but, but I really believe everything in your life happens for you and not to you. And mm. my dad was an alcoholic growing up, ended up getting sober for like 30 years with my best friend before he died. But certainly my childhood and where I grew up wasn't loaded with, you know, bubble gum and rainbows all the time. It's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of worry a lot of mm. tension in my family's house. And so maybe that's why I ended up stumbling into helping people make their lives better because I wanted to make mine better. 
You know, Ed, that's interesting that, you know, you you bring that up because our era, we really didn't talk about yeah. our problems. You know, you didn't admit that your parent maybe was an alcoholic and that you didn't have the best upbringing. You know, it was like everything's OK. So how did you turn like, OK, my dad wasn't wasn't the greatest into like I now want to help others? Well, I think it ended up, I knew what it was like to not like myself. I knew what it was like mm. not to have confidence. I knew what it was like to like hide things. I remember like what you said, you didn't talk about it. I remember thinking, man, I wonder if the people down the street can hear my dad yelling, you know? Wow. And, but what it did is it served me vividly because I was the oldest boy, little, um, I have three little sisters, but it's like the stuff I use to this day and every single adversity, there is like your greatest blessings. Everyone says that, but you only figure it out for like 20 years, right? If you could figure it out now, your life would be better. But one of the things I'm decent at mm -hmm. is I'm good at reading people, really mm. good at reading and being present with them. And I'm convinced that that's because I had to read my dad by about four years old when he come through that front door. You know, Ooh. was that was that happy dad who's going to play catch and he's glad to be home? Or is that kind of drunk, you know, angry dad who we need to avoid? But I learned to read people and be present with them really young. I think most people listening to this or watching mm. it like. If you think back, a lot of the things that are the most difficult for you have taught you the best lessons or given you the best skills. So I'm actually grateful now that I'm through it, that I had those things because I use those gifts every day and those lessons every, literally every single day. So, Ed, you didn't like go to college, like, say, to be to study psychology or something like this, like motivational speaking. is just something that kind of grew from your life experiences. Yeah, I did definitely did. In fact, when I went to college, I went to play baseball. I didn't really want to make sure. Like I went. He was like, I was an athlete. These muscles right. were gonna pay off. Well, they were. You know, they would pay for school, right? So I switched majors, but I was actually a broad. I actually I do use it because I became a communication major, and I didn't know. You know, twenty five years later, I'd have a show and broadcast and. God didn't give me a whole lot of gifts, but the ones He did give me gave me a pretty good voice. You know, I got a mm. deep voice, so like it's not bad for broadcasting. But no, what? But sports prepared me though, because of all the mental preparation, the visualization stuff. Yeah. My major injury caused me to have to work on my mind. I had a mental coach at our team, and I started thinking, "Wow, if I wonder if I become an entrepreneur, if some of these same things could be applied in business." Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty good talker, but I could communicate this stuff. I have a heart to serve people, and so now college, I had no idea going there what I was going to do. I thought I was going to play baseball forever. After that, like no plan whatsoever. No clue. Okay. So let's talk about baseball because I'm an athlete. Uh, yeah. What position did you play in, in baseball? I played center field and I was a, a leadoff hitter. And, you know, Vivica, I was a good player, but I've played against enough great players mm. to know the difference. I was a really, really good player. But mm -hmm. I, again, the injury was probably a blessing. It probably prematurely ended a dream that may not have been realized. And that's the other thing that blessing, like, most people listeners have had their first dream not work, whether it's a yes. marriage or a business mm -hmm. or they were an athlete or maybe they're going to go get their master's and just life didn't work out, you know. And and so I know what it's like to have something you banked everything on mm -hmm. not work out and then have to build yourself back up again. And so that gave me a lesson to serve people, too. So it's all good the way that it happened. But I was center fielder, leadoff hitter and a pretty uh -huh. good player. OK, so what injury did you suffer that ended your baseball career? Well, no one ever asked me that. That's awesome. I uh, I got hit with a pitch in my right calf, and it really? actually. You're kidding me! Uh, 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 you got hit yeah. in the calf by yeah. a pitch, and that ended the career. Yeah, big old Damn. tumor form, big tumor formed oh. on my calf, 
And then they had to start taking part of my calf every time they take the tumor. And then finally, they're like, if we take any more, you won't have a right leg. So I just <gasps> left the tumor in there. It's not cancerous. So that thing has been in my leg for 30. It's a great reminder. You know what I mean? I can look at that scar and that tumor in there and go, that was the end of that dream when I look at it. So yeah, I got hit with a pitch. Wow. I just find that to be so surprising that like a pitch, I thought you were going to say, I went to go catch a ball, land yeah. it wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Or something like that. Who yeah. was that that threw that pitch? Actually. His name is Steve Traxel. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how. His name is Steve Traxel. He played in the major leagues. He was a very good pitcher. But about 100 years after that, he gave up Mark McGuire's 500th home run on that record year with, you know, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I was watching that like, all right. What are you, you know? <laughs> You're like, karma. Yeah, got exactly. You got you back. It took a while, but it finally turned up. <laughs> wow. I mean, so do you watch baseball today and think, what if? Yeah, well, I watch a lot of sports because, frankly, I coach a lot of athletes, so I work Ooh. on their mental game. So I've got several. I've got a couple of baseball players, but I've got more UFC fighters. I've got some boxers. Mm. I've got some golfers, some PGA players. So I work with, you know, top athletes, and it's fun for me because I'm a sports fan. And so I, I work with those guys quite a bit and ladies. I've got several female clients as well in the UFC. So um, really? So I watch for different reasons too. You know, I'm watching to learn. I'm watching to see how I can help them. I'm watching to see their habits and their routines and all those things mm. too. So can I ask this question real quick? What's the difference of, of coaching, say a UFC fighter and an everyday person? You'd be surprised. You know what most people's biggest issue is, 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 is confidence. It's actually mm. at every level, even the top people in the world, I have a fighter that just fought that lost for a championship belt. And, um, you know, one of the things after the fight that we've been discussing is just working on his competence to believe he can come back, to believe he can take a shot again. So mm. it's at a higher level, as you know, you've been at the top of your career for so long. Yes. But I think you'd even agree with me, even in private conversations, that people are more insecure than you might think in different industries, even people mm. that you, you know, you look up to. And that's not a negative thing. I think human beings are always trying to learn more about themselves, love themselves more, believe in themselves, uncover more of their gifts that they can use. And so that's the difference. I think the other difference probably though, with an athlete over what we would, you know, someone who's every day working a regular job in a real life is that it's magnified. It's at a much higher level, it has to be very precise, very specific things. Whereas if it's someone who's learning to function at a high level, some of the things are more basic. So it's probably more sophisticated at a, at a top level with an athlete. All right. Okay. I like that. I like that because I'm going to tell you, like for me, like as an, an actress, I'm really blessed that I don't have stage fright. You yeah. know, I've never been afraid to get out and perform in front of people. Mm -hmm. I never was afraid of that. Now, are athletes sometimes afraid to perform, even though they're very good? Are they sometimes afraid to perform in front of an audience and yeah. freeze up? Yes. And by the way, that's also what has made you special. I mean, I always look at things like winning and losing, which isn't great, but like you've dominated in your industry for so long, you know, mm. there's some special to you, right? Like, obviously there's the external things. You're an amazing actress. You're beautiful. You've prepared all the things we talked about when you were on my show, by the way, number one show download in 18 months when you were on, <laughs> yeah. here, which we Thank talked you about, there. Like they, you blew it up, but yeah, I think not all athletes are afraid, but you know what a lot of people have, they don't want to let other people down. So, you know, especially athletes, especially fighters, for example, who typically, not always, but typically are fighting to change their family tree. They're fighting mm. to change their generational wealth in their family. They don't come from abundance. Like it's 
they're not just fighting for them. They're fighting so that their mother can get out of a neighborhood. They're fighting so that they can save money for education and their family. And so there's when you watch some of these fighters, boxers and UFC, whatever it might be, sometimes we forget these people representing a family. This fight means everything to them. This, this, this everything. everything. So that can be a little bit different. The pressure, I think, that some of them feel just to do well and to perform. But human beings are human beings. We all have some insecurities. We all want to grow. We all want to get better. We all want to, we're all curious. You know, all that stuff's the same with everybody. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How about this? When things don't go as planned, like right. say in a career, a fight, a presentation. People have a tendency, they take it personal, thinking there's something wrong, oh my God, I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. But maybe they just need to learn or work on their presentation a little bit better. How do you tell people, hey, it's okay, go back to the drawing board, you can do that. How do you stay motivating people to try again? Great question. So yeah, what we do is like, sometimes we put too much value in what we do and not who we are. And so when we do have a loss or we don't get a movie role or we make a pitch in business and we don't get it, we Mm -hmm. take it personally, right? But it's not a reflection of who you are as a person. Here's what happens though. So you have this thing that's your identity. And basically your identity is this, you have a very high one, Vivica. So an identity is the thoughts, concepts, and beliefs that you believe to be most true about you. Like what you believe you deserve, what you believe you're worth, right? Like, and that's like, there's a thermostat on the wall right here. That's the thermostat setting of your life. So if you're a 75 degreeer in believing what you're worth and you start to get 80, 85, 90, 95 degrees of results, you will unconsciously find a way to turn that air conditioner on of your life and cool it back down. Back to what really? you do. People do it. You've seen it in your business. People that have it going and then they start showing up late for a rehearsal or they get temperamental or they uh-huh. it manifests we- itself in weird places. So sometimes an athlete or a business person, they win three, four, five fights and they're getting ready to fight for a championship, but they don't have a champion's identity. In fact, mm. One of my fighters just said to me, she goes, I have a warrior's identity and she's a wonderful fighter. And I said, I'm so proud of that. She goes, but I don't believe I'm a champion. And every mm. time I get close to the championship, I don't believe I deserve it. And she's never won the belt. And so this is our identities govern everything. And so the key to our life is not just, you know, doing more. We want to hustle because that is the key to life. But at the same time, it's increasing what we believe we deserve, what we're worth so that when we get there, we don't turn the air conditioners down and cool our life back off again or our career. That's what happens to most people is their results start to exceed their identity. So that's why we want to work on ourselves and read and grow and listen to podcasts like this so that we're growing ourselves, so that we grow into our future, we don't grow out of it. Okay, now you just that you just raised another good point because I would call that a person being self-destructive. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is, it's sabotage, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. why? Like, so yeah, that's, why? that's the symptom, right? The symptom is mm-hmm. I sabotage myself, right? Mm. What's the disease? The disease is low identity or not high enough identity. And the higher you climb in life, 
the more requisite it is that that identity grows with you. You're special, big. I'm not just saying this. Like it's you, you unconsciously do so many things well. But if you start to survey your peer group 15, 20 years ago, other, where are they? Why aren't they evolved? Because they got to a point where those results exceeded who they thought they were worth. And in business, for example, if you listen to this or in a relationship, you can be the most amazing relationship. And you're like, this is going to last forever. And you wake up in six months. You're like, wow, it's over. What happened? You cooled it off because you didn't believe you deserved that level of love. You didn't believe you deserved that level of affection. So you might do it in a relationship. You might do it in your, you ever seen somebody get, who's out of shape, get in great shape. They've lost all the weight. They look amazing, yeah. but yeah. they have the identity of a heavy person still. And you come mm. back a year, 18 months later, and they put the weight back on again. Why? They know how to eat. They know how to work out because inside they put that air conditioner on and gain that weight back. So you got to do both at the same time. This is the invisible things that change lives is these things that we're discussing right now. That's what I work on with people. I got this guy. He's just so positive. I love it. So listen, so many people start out with the idea that they want to work hard and that they want to achieve success. What would you say is the difference between working hard and living out your dream? Well, the first thing I would say to somebody who says that is why, why you want to do it? Because when resistance hits, that why is going to drive you through whatever that resistance is. So why do you want to work so hard? Why do you want this thing so badly? And it's got to be emotional. It's got to mean something to you, right? Mm. And I think sometimes people mistake hustling, working really hard for progress. Like what you're doing has to be working. And so it's important every once in a while to evaluate, is this thing I've done a hundred times producing the result that I want, right? It's not mm. just enough. I don't like people say, hey, you don't have to work hard, just work smart. I don't believe that. We, You and I both know the hardest work in the room ends up winning. But at the high level, everybody's working hard, yeah. right? You got to get good. You got to get good at what you do. Like bottom line, if you're going to get great, if you're going to make your dream come true, you got to get great. If you're a biologist, be a great biologist. If you're an actress, be a great actress. If you're going to be a baseball player, get great at your craft. If you're a mother, be a world-class mother, right? Like get great at what you do. That gives us happiness in life when we're great at something. Not enough people get focused on just getting great. It's like, I'm just going to work, 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 work. Okay. Do that, but get better, grow, improve, like read the room. Is this working? Should you adjust something? Like that's the things that I think that that people fail to get. Like it's not just busting it. It's busting it and getting better. Do you believe a lot of people are living their dream or just on the treadmill that, you know, the little, how the little rat is in the, in the, in the thing and they're just spinning and spinning and spinning. Like I found when I first started working a lot and making money that I just kept being on the same treadmill of got to get the next, got to get the next job, got to get the next job, got to get this. And I wasn't taking the time to smell the roses. So now in my life, I really feel like I'm living my dream. Yes. Like, you know, when I wake up every morning and I look outside of my beautiful home, I take the time to look at that view and go, you know, it, Vivica, every day that you get your butt up and you go work or you don't have as much sleep as what other people do or people go, when are you going to sit down? I look at that view and I go, this is why I work and I don't resent it or want to self-destruct it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I relate to that on every single level. And yeah. I think. When I was younger, and I think a lot of achievers or even people that are on the rise, they think, wow, I better not enjoy this because if I do, I'll slip. I'll miss my edge. You know, I, if I just even breathe. But the truth is, that's absolutely not true. I believe in something called blissful dissatisfaction, which means okay. you, can, 
you can be dissatisfied still, but still live blissfully. I used to think mm. that happiness and satisfaction were the same thing. They're totally different things. So I'm not satisfied, but I'm blissful as I'm dissatisfied. I used to just be unblissfully dissatisfied all the time, right? <laughs> and, and even if you, depends on how you know, much you want to go, but like your brain produces dopamine when you celebrate and enjoy something. Yes. You, you yes. go a long time without enjoying the roses, smelling the roses. Yeah. And you cheat yourself from that dopamine hit. Eventually your brain goes, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. I'm going to self-destruct. Yep. So you're on to the other part of it. It's like, you don't have to sell it. Now, the key thing is like, you look at Michael Jordan, everybody you read about, they celebrated. It's just not for months and months. You know, some yeah, people exactly. think this is the, some people are like, well, <laughs> hey, I made my first hundred grand. I'm, I'm going to Hawaii for six months. No, you're not. But, you but you ought to go go to dinner and get it on a little bit and have a good time because it's telling you I want to do this again. So there's no correlation between happiness and satisfaction. You can be super happy and still dissatisfied to want to do more, grow more. And that's the thing people don't get with you. They're like, when are you going to slow down? When are you going to rest? How about you're like, you don't understand this. I love this. Me too. I'm enjoying this. I'm yeah. enjoying the view. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm enjoying creating. I'm enjoying helping people. So it's it makes me happy to do this. But you got to allow yourself to feel the happiness. Otherwise, you'll stop doing it. All right. Well, talk about motivating. Now, you know, you are a motivator. You, you know, you teach people. What do you like? Is there a difference between the two in teaching and motivating? There's a difference between motivation and inspiration. So motivation is short lived. It's playing to your motives, whether it's like I want this car. I want this house. I want this recognition. That's a motive that will be short lived. It's OK. Inspiration is from the root of that is to be in spirit. That's deep. That's from your heart. That lasts long. So mm -hmm. I'm always trying to be inspired. Inspired is different than motivated. Inspired lasts. Inspired goes through adversity. Inspired gets up when you get knocked down. Motivated sometimes can be real short-lived, right? So I do think that there's a difference. I try to focus on my spirit being lifted, coming from mm -hmm. my heart. You know, if a dream is in your head, you know, we're like, I picture this, I want it. That's good. But it's a whole lot better when you can combine that and it comes from your heart. Like you feel when you start talking about your dream, you get emotional. Like mm -hmm. when you want to do something for your kids, you know, it just you come over with emotions. It means so much to you. That's what's going to get you up early in the morning when you don't want to get up. That's, That's what's inspiration. Gonna get you. That's inspiration. Inspiration okay. comes from the heart. Yes. And people ask me all the time, what's my inspiration? It's usually two things. If you're trying to find inspiration, it's usually two things. Your dreams, whatever your big dreams are, you know, the things you want to do. And really your dream is an emotion, like how you want to feel, mm. how you want to feel. And the other part of inspiration is other people. You'll do things for other people you never do for yourself. Most good people will do things for other people. So good I want to do the, my dreams for me, mm -hmm. my dreams for me, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, what I want to achieve, where I want to go, how I want to feel. And then combine that with what I want to do for other people. I've got the combination of both ways of inspiration. I see on your, um, like I said, I, I watch you sometimes and I, and I went on your Insta stories. Yes. And one day what I loved about you, and I was like, I like Ed, is that you were like, and it was when my, my show aired and you were like, it's a beautiful day. And you were out enjoying the simple things of life. I think it was, you were out by water and, and mountains and, and, and things. Why don't people learn to enjoy the simple things in life? You know, I relate to not doing it. That's why I do it now. So the good mm. thing about us, us as people, we can all change. Like you can just decide right now, you're the lead character in the story of your life. You could decide right now, I'm going to be a new character. Me and God are the author. I'm going to start writing a new chapter. I'm going to be more exciting. I'm going to have more fun. I'm going to take more risks. I'm going to have more gratitude. 
Gratitude is the antidote to almost every negative emotion you could ever feel. It's impossible to be sad and grateful. It's impossible to be angry and grateful, right? It's impossible to be in despair and grateful. So if you could feed yourself enough gratitude, the key thing in life is you can't wait for just the big things to be grateful for. Like, yes. can you, you like, like my mother-in-law is this really great Christian woman. She's amazing. You know, she sees Jesus everywhere, right? Like, that's, <laughs> you know, you know, those people I'm like, like yes, thank you, Jesus, yes, you know, like, yes, God is a, good. Yes. And she's so, uh, but the simple thing. So like, she doesn't want to come to my ocean, my ocean front house. Oh, she's grateful. But you know, what's really grateful. She walks outside, you know, that cool breeze sometimes just hits you in the uh, face the right way. Yes. She's like, thank you, Jesus. You know, like wow. she's just grateful. She sees gratitude everywhere. In fact, if you measured life on the quality of your emotions, my mother-in-law has lived the greatest life of all time because she's grateful almost all the time, right? Mm -hmm. The rest of us is like, our threshold's too high. I'll be grateful when I got some money. I'll be grateful when I got this. I'll be grateful when I get that man or that woman. I'll be Mm grateful. You know what? You're going to find out. You have a pattern of not being grateful in your life. You're going to find out. You're going to get to these places and you're not going to be grateful there either. That's what happens. You know, I'm glad you say that because I am now going through a very challenging friendship. And I'm going to ask for your advice right now okay. because the older I've gotten, as I told you when I was on your show, mm-hmm. that I've learned to take accountability for my actions. You do. When I do things that hurt people or when I do things that I don't get the results that I, 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 I thought, is it okay that some friendships just aren't going to work out. It's the hardest thing in the world, isn't it? Because I've had to do yes. that too, especially if you're a pe- person who loves people. But the the answer is absolutely yes. And if something doesn't bring you, sometimes relationships run their course and someone's supposed to be in our life, I think, for a season. Yes, and they have a saying. They have a saying. There's a, there's a, there was a, there it was something, something for that season or that, that's all. What there's a saying. I, it's it's got to come to me. But, oh, there's a reason for that season. That's right. So yes, you know, I, I I believe that. I've had to have people. Well, I don't like officially announce to them all the time. If now, if it's a dating relationship, you have to do that. But I, I certainly have. Had people, <laughs> I love had, that. You said if you're dating somebody and ain't working out, let them know. You, you kind of got to let them know, right? We can't yeah. just disappear. But, but I do. I actually believe that. And I actually believe the quality of your life is the quality of your friendships and your relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at your life, you're like, I don't maybe these, some of these relationships need some updating or upgrading or some Oops. rotating. And Say so, that. It's just a Say fact. That. Like, you're around this. You are a product of the four or five people you spend the most time with. Right. So like if you evaluate that, like the people you spend that are the most proximity to, do they bring you joy? Do they bring yes. you growth? Do they bring you laughter? Do they bring you peace? Do they, yes. do they bring you confidence? Do they bring you support? Do they bring, by the way, here's a big one. Do they bring you the truth? Like, mm. do they actually tell you the truth regularly? No, uh, like about day-to-day life stuff and the truth about you. Right. So okay. I'm trying to always, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm kind of psycho about this. Like who I'm spending my time with affects me as a human. There's a vibrational frequency. There's a, there's a toxicity. The person may or may not be toxic, but the two of you together may be toxic. Right. Mm. And so, or that, or that nature of your friendship. And so absolutely one. And you know, the other thing for me is I get older, my circle gets smaller. I don't need 150 people around me all Mm -hmm. the time. I want people who love me, who believe in me, who bring me joy. You get a little bit older, you start realizing I have a certain amount of days left. Like I was just talking about this with a friend this week and I'm 50 and I was saying it was, I was on this lake, this, I said, you know, I wonder if I've got 30 more summers on this lake. You know, when my dad was in his early seventies, a friend of mine, a brilliant guy said to me, he goes, how old your dad? I said, 
my dad's 70. He goes, well, let's, how old do you think your dad's going to live? And I said, 78, he didn't live that long. He goes, I go, so I got eight years with him. He goes, no, you don't. How many times a year do you have dinner with your dad? And I said, really? Like five? He goes, you have 40 more visits with your dad in your life. Right. And when you begin to shrink down what's actually going to happen, that more scarce it becomes, the more viable it does. We only have so many days, so many Friday nights, so yes. many summers, so many Septembers left. I don't care if you're 20. By the way, Vivica and I both tell you 20 to here went bam like that. Like, bam. OK. Oh, my so, goodness. So why would you even spend that time with people? You know, and by the way, why do us sometimes we think we need them? Mm. Right. We think we need them. We say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Nah, maybe you're afraid it's going to hurt your feelings because the truth is. There's a there's billions of people in the world. You can find five or seven or eight who are going to bring you joy and peace and laughter and growth and believe in you and support you. You you got to make those hard decisions in your life, or you're going to keep repeating the same life on a loop in a pattern over and over again. Exactly, and as you said, that's with relationships and friendships, and that's what I'm like going through. That I, I've call, I call it seasons of shedding, where I was like, you know what, it's okay. Like you do you, and I'm going to do me because yes. what we're this friendship thing isn't. I just, I deserve reciprocal relationships and I, I've worked really hard at that. And that just don't be afraid that if someone isn't treating you good at a relationship or a friendship, do not be afraid to say, Hey, you know what? I wish you well, but the hell away from me. So <laughs> and you know what I found too, by the way, you said the key word, which is deserve. You have to believe you deserve better. But the other part of it is it's painful at first, but there'll be a time three months, four months down the road. You're like, wow, I just feel lighter. This yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is, this is easier. It was hard to shed it, but that's nature. Trees shed their leaves, right? They like do. the ocean turns over, yeah, melts. Like this happens in life. It's okay. All right. Well, let's talk about ambition. How do you tell those who are climbing the ladder of success? How do they stay ambitious? How do they stay hungry? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of answers I would have for that, but I think one would be you still have to be around other people who stretch your vision, who may be a little bit further down the road, whether that's listening to a show or being in their proximity personally or going to an event or whatever. Like you have to get your vision stretched in life to where you you continue to see it further out. I don't think enough people dream. I don't think enough people mm. stretch their vision. I think oftentimes in life we have this one thing we want to get, we get to it, and then bam, like that's enough for us, right? So I, I want always encourage you to stretch your vision a little bit, you know, think bigger, you know, get in the big. We spend most of our days thinking about small detail things because we have to adhere to them and attend to them. But how yes. much time do you spend just give yourself an hour a week of dreaming, of thinking bigger, of being curious about something? What if there's this do people <laughs> operate out of two things in their life? You're either going to spend your life operating out of your memory or your imagination. Smart people who want to grow and be happy operate out of their imagination, not their memory. They're not living in the past. I was this in high school. I did this back then. Remember when yeah. our relationship was like yeah. that, right? Operate yeah. out of your imagination, right? And then, and then not in your history. So get out of your history and get into your vision, vision and imagination, right? Not history and memory, history and memory. You can go do that stuff later. Like let's now, do something great now. So do you think that people like say every year should create a vision board? I think they should do it more often than that. I think, well, first off, do I think you should do a vision board? I like vision boards. I like, mm -hmm. I like, I like dream sessions. If you've got a relationship, talk out loud. What are the 10 things you want to do? I do it with my kids. We do it every year. Like, what are your three or four dreams this year? What do you want to get done at school? What do you want to accomplish? Right. Those are fun conversations. Humans don't have them. We spend on what do most people do? Spending their time worrying about their problems, right? <laughs> worrying about them stressed out. 
right? Worrying about what they got to do. I got these things I got to do, right? You got all that stuff. And then you mix that in a little bit of gossip, a little bit of haters. And before you know it, the, the, the whole day, the whole month's taken up, right? So when do you give yourself the gift, the gift of vision? If you're a person of faith, you know, the Bible tells us where there is no vision, people perish. Well, you know what? They don't die. Their spirit perishes. Their mm. being perishes. They're not a light anymore. You meet these people all the time. You're around them all the time. It's like there's no light in them anymore. There's no dream. There's no passion. There's no spark. That's because they don't give themselves a gift of even thinking about it. So give yourself that gift more often. Dream a little bit. Dreaming is free. That's what's yeah. crazy. This is. is free to do, right? Give yourself the gift of, it's one of, see, God gives you, I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to preach at you, but God, when you have a dream, that's God's vision in your heart showing you what's possible. It's not mm. a hallucination. It's not some trickies playing on you. When you have a dream, that's God going psh, real quick, please, into the, what's possible. Now you got to decide whether you're going to plant the seeds. He'll provide the harvest. Mm. But when you get these dreams, you're not crazy. You're not delusional. You're not out of your mind. What you're really doing is walking in faith. But when you have no dreams, nothing about the future you want, you're not walking in any kind of faith. You're walking blindly through life. God wants you to dream. He put you here to do something great with your life. You were born to do something great with your life, not to exist, not to just sit there, not to watch TV and have a barbecue on the weekend. You were born to do something great in small ways and big ways. Some of them will be big things that people are going to know about. And some of them are little things you're going to do, like hold the door open for somebody. Tell yes. somebody look beautiful today. Say yes. thank you to somebody. Be kind to people. Those things are deposits in the bank of your life. It's why you were born is to do something great. Somehow the last, I don't know when, maybe it's been forever. Humans seem to just forget this. Like yes. you were born to be special, to do something awesome with your life. And it doesn't have to be the leading role in a movie. It doesn't have to be being a multimillionaire. My sister's blind. She mm. lost her vision to diabetes. She's a school teacher. She, I don't know what she makes a year. I'm guessing it's $40,000 a year. She's living a dream. She's changing children's lives. She's a light in the world. My life's Ella. not better than hers, but she's not just existing. She's doing something with her life. That's what's special. Question. Do you believe in deja vus? Very much so. I see okay. it happens to me. And by the way, I know you do this too. When I'm really on a roll, it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like I've been here. I felt this was going to happen. I saw it in a dream. Like, oh my gosh, yes. like it's happening. Yeah. That's a confirmation, by the way, of, I think our faith, if you have faith, if it's not your faith, it's a confirmation of how the vibrational frequency of the universe works. I'm, by the way, I'm a weirdo. I'm a person of faith, but I also believe in the quantum field and energy and all that stuff. I believe in both, but yeah, I have deja vu. And when I'm really functioning at a high level, that stuff happens a lot. Like, and I know really people that perform at a high level, we have these conversations more than you might think privately. Like, mm. do you ever have this Vivica when you're really on a roll? You're like, you're just thinking about somebody the next day they text you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right? That's when you get the thing. I was just thinking about you or, oh my gosh. Isn't yeah. it amazing when that happens? And that's not some coincidence. I've had this happen with people I haven't talked to in years or like that. Mm. I see them, you know, it's yeah. like, wow. So these are real things. There's, there's, there's dreaming in life. There's energy in life. There's blessings in life. You just got to start seeing them. If you don't see them, they're going to go right by you because they're around all of us. But most of us just walk through our lives worried, stressed, and working yep. and miss mm -hmm. them all. Yep. Yep. Because I'm going to tell you, like, the older I get, I am really not attracted to someone that has a bunch of drama. Like, if somebody, like, all the time, you call me, you're sad, you're talking about the season shit. I that did that about 10 years ago with some friends that were just, I said, then you just dragging down my nipples. What are you doing? <laughs>
get, get, oh, okay, get off of me. You know what I mean? And then, okay, so let's start, because I'll start a joke thing there. But, no, but one thing on drama, I literally, that's one of my favorite friends. I'm like, look, man, I, I, I'm not too old. I don't like that phrase, but like, I'm not doing drama with you. If that's yeah. how you like function yes. in your life, yeah. you're not sitting at my table. We I are not at the right. same table. I call those people team too much. And I'm not, I'm not showing up to sit in your movie theater at yeah. all. Perfect. I agree. At all. But can I tell you about you also? Another thing I love about you when I, when I watch your Insta stories is that you share, mm. you're not a person that just takes, you know what I mean? Like I saw you said something the other day, whoever can name where I'm at or something like that, I'm going to do a giveaway or something yeah. like that. Like, and I thought that was like, so <laughs> cool because so many people like they just take, take, take from people and they don't understand that you've got to, that you've got to return that back to the community, thank them and take them on adventures and show them how to live. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a big believer. And I know you are, too. I just believe in what they call the law of reciprocity. Like if you do good things in life and you're good to people, typically blessings will come back your way. We called it karma earlier. But like and I'm so blessed. So many people have helped me in my me life. That that's why I do this. Like that's why I'm sure you're doing this. Like, like this isn't you know, this isn't breaking either one of our bank accounts doing this. We're doing it because yes. we want to help people. Right. And so yes. I'm taking time in my life to help other human beings because so many people helped me. And I used to tell God, God, if you'll help me become successful. And he did it the first half of my life. I just kind of committed. OK, the second half of my life, I'm going to help other people win, help yes. other people become happy. I also like showing in my life. The one thing I do think I try to do is like I'm a human being. I'm, I'm a give me some grace. I'm, I try to be as vulnerable as I can. I make mistakes. I lose my yes. temper. I'm, I, I make bad decisions. Like I want people in. I'm like, cause that, I think sometimes I think, well, you have to be perfect to be successful. Not no, no, true. no. You have to learn from your mistakes to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the problem with most people is those lessons are never learned. God keeps trying to teach you these same lessons over and over. You ever meet a girlfriend or a, a boyfriend of yours? You're like, why do you keep dating the same person and a different person? Oh, oh. Say dating body parts. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. Like this is the same exact human being in a different yes. body, and you're gonna have the same relationship again. Why are you learning this lesson? These kinds of people are bad for you. They don't work with you at but all. You, you see people do it all the time. So people do that in every area. They're like, you're doing the same thing. It doesn't work. Like change, grow. Hey. Ed, where do you get this passion from? Where does this passion that you just radiate come from? I don't know. I mean, Ed, I. I don't, I love people. Like yeah. I actually believe in people. So I really believe people are good. And I, I have this thing, man, it frustrates me in the world to see us sometimes so much at each other. And, you know, I, 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 this sounds super corny from a dude with like a too tight t-shirt on and muscles, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, I just think there's not enough love and, and support in where people just say, Hey man, hey brother, I want to help you. Let me help you. I love you. I care about you. I believe in you. Because you know, most people you meet, here's what they're really thinking. What? Love, believe in me. Make me feel good about myself. Hmm. You know, my life changed, Vivica. When my injury happened, I'll just tell you really quick. My dad came home. It's interesting how life converges. My dad got sober. The first night of his AA meeting, he comes home and goes, I got you a job. I was living on his couch after baseball. I go, what is it? He goes, you don't get to pick because you're eating out of my refrigerator. Go there tomorrow. Oh. And I go. And it was an orphanage in San Dimas, California, called McKinley Home for Boys. Here I am in my early 20s, a cocky baseball player. My career's over. And I walk into Cottage 8. Cottage 8 was all, my boys were all 8 to 10 years old. They're all getting ready for school. And right when I walked in, all these boys stopped and looked at me. And these boys were all either orphaned, their parents had molested them, or their parents were incarcerated. Ooh. 
And instantly these little boys looked at me like, can I trust you? Do you love me? Do you care about me? Do you believe in me? Can you show me how to live a little bit better? And I remember thinking, I'm not prepared for this. Like I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a kid myself, I, but I was. See, God was raising me to help people when my dad was drinking and I had to mm -hmm. overcome that. I could connect with these boys in a way most people couldn't because I know what it's like, not on their level, but I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to be scared. And my life changed then. As I got a little bit older, I went, you know what every adult wants? Same thing those little boys wanted. Love me, care about me, believe in me. Can you show me how to live a little better? That's all people want. And that's sort of what I think when I meet people. And can I trust you? And I trust you. Can I tell you the older that I've gotten, I don't, I just don't want people in my life that I feel are just going to take from me. Can I trust you that if, if I was to fall down, you would help me get back up? Yeah. Or would you just step over and say, you're she fell and I'm going to laugh at her. Ha, 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 ha. You're not all that. Am I safe with you? And then sometimes yes. at your level, it's like, what do they, you know, it's hard to know sometimes what, yes. what do they want from me. You know, what is it that they want from me? And is it, do they love me or do they love who they think I am and what I can do for them? Do you they know, love that, Vivica Fox? Right. 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 Yeah. Or do they love or they love that beautiful soul that's in there. Which one do they love, right? And so yeah. I happen to, as I get to know you, I, I used to love Vivica Fox. Now I love that soul <laughs> that's in there. You know what I'm saying? And that's so. good. That's good old Auntie Fox from 38th and Emerson, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. that. that that's love never that. going to change. You know, something else that you and I have in common is that we're both authors. Tell me about your book and how becoming an author fell into your lap. Yeah, because I'm not a great writer. Uh, <laughs> my first book was called Max Out Your Life. Um, I have another book coming out this fall that I'm really, really excited about. It was okay. a big publisher. But what I did was, you know, it's one thing to, you know, be able to talk like you and I are talking. But I think a lot of people want to read what your thoughts are and see it over and over again. And for me, I also wanted to, you know, you never know how much time you have. So I wanted to get in writing things I believe, you know, and when I wrote that book, especially the one I'm writing right now, I'm like, my great grandkids will read this someday. What did I think about life? What did I think about how to be happy? Or what did I think about how to be productive or, or make your dreams happen or get rich or any of the things that, that I think matter about, you know, life and being a human being, how to be a better giver. So I write kind of thinking that my grandkids are going to read it or my great grandkids are going to read it. And that's sort of the way that I do. It's not easy for me. I am not a great writer. Like, are you a natural? Because you're such a great communicator verbally. Are you a good writer? Well, I'm going to tell you that I was really, really blessed that they had me work with a wonderful gentleman that helped me to formulate me my too. book. Because I, the one thing I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do like the Hollywood kiss and tell kind of book. So my publicist was like, listen, Vivica, you're a, a beautiful woman in your 50s that's having an amazing resurgence in your career. Don't be afraid to share the secrets of your success through your trials and your tri tribulations, how you were able to go into new chapters. So, you know, that's how that came. And then, like I said, I worked with um, a, a gentleman named Kevin who helped me to write the book. And he basically captured my voice that's and important. my journey, you know. Yep. That's important. That well. know, uh, for my case, too, I know what I wanted to say, but I want it to sound like I'm saying it to, to your point. Yes. Like my voice. And in your case, I mean, you've lived. I don't think even even your own audience has any idea sometimes like you've been at the top of the top of, of a profession and then pivoted, become an entrepreneur, become yes. a host, become an author, like all these things you've done. But what I've learned from listening to you and studying up on you, when we're getting ready for our show. And then since then is like 
these principles that you believe in, they transcend. It's not just that you're an actress. Like this stuff works in business. This stuff works yes. in life. That's what I love about your stuff. So the, the title of your book that's out now? Max Out Your Life. Max Out Your Life. Who picked that title? Me. My son's name is Max. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that sounds pretty good. How about max out? Like, I like to work out, you know, max out your day, max out yeah. your life, max out in the gym, whatever. So we maxed out. I love it. I love it. Now, how many children do you have? I got a 19-year-old boy and a 17-year-old daughter. And I met my, uh, you know, I think you knew this. We talked about it. I met my wife when I was very young. We were, we were in elementary school. We went to, we were dating in high school. <gasps> You've been married to her since you were young? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Well, listen, you know, in Hollywood, baby, we'd lucky if we can get them to stick around for a couple of months, let alone years. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, Tell me a little bit about your wife. My wife is very different than me. She's uh, yeah. she's uh, she's not she's uh, she's a great mother. She's a tremendous mother. Wonderful. She's not. We talked about ambition earlier. My wife's not ambitious. She's not driven. You know, she's not motivated. She's very easily happy where she is. And I think that's important to share because I think oftentimes a lot of people think I got to have a running mate all the time. Maybe, okay. you, you know, maybe you do, but maybe you don't, you know, and it's, it's, does this person bring out the best in you? Mm. You know, I think is the question you ask yourself when you're, when she you're, makes it, she makes a good partner. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah, I think so. Well, you yeah. said earlier, here's the thing I can say for sure is that um, I trust her. What you said yes. earlier about trust, you know, that's the most important relationship. And I definitely trust her that she tells me the truth. And that's probably been something that's lasted the longest. How has your hustle helped you become the successful man that you are today? Huh. My, I, I am a hustler. So like my whole persona, that max out ideas, I'm a hustler. Like I, I don't, I didn't, I'm not an athlete. I wasn't, I'm not six, four, you know, my IQ is not super high. I didn't have any connections in my life. So you know, what I've gotten in my life is, I'm going to be honest with you. I was going to say straight up, even if it sounds like bragging, I just outworked everybody. Like you, <laughs> you are not going you are not going to outwork me here's And it's funny when people say, well, I'm working really hard. I always say compared to what, you know, uh. I think most people, I think you'd agree with this too. Most people have a dramatic underestimation of what hard work is, of Agreed. what a real day looks like. You're like, you have friends. who's like, woo, I'm tired. I'm like, tell me what your day. I'm like, come spend a day with me. Even in, yeah. in every area it's compared to what, like I work out really hard. But I've also worked out with some of the top bodybuilders in the world. I don't work out hard next to them. There's a whole other level, right? So there's levels to things in our life. And so I would think in, in the entrepreneurial part of my life, I will. I can honestly tell you, I left very little not on the field. Like I gave everything I had to my hustle. And I still believe with my kids, you said about my kids earlier, number one thing I tell them, all, I want them to be people of good faith and have good moral character. I want their self-esteem high. Those are important <laughs> things. My kids, when I'm working, I'm like, you see what your dad's doing? You see what I'm doing right now? This is how you win. Because none of this stuff I got's yours. So you better win, right? And they've learned to hustle. They've learned to work hard. I learned that from my dad. My dad was crazy. My dad could drink all night, still get up at five o'clock and go to work. <laughs> you all know somebody like that? You're like, how the heck? I drink like them, get up like three days later. My dad was a worker. I learned from my father about work. And so I just happened to take that work and apply it in an entrepreneurial space where I didn't build someone else's dream. You opened the interview with something so important. I learned from watching my dad work so hard. He built other people's dreams all the time. Mm. There's nothing wrong with working for somebody else. If that's your dream, great. But you climb that ladder, you get to the top. It's up against someone else's building. Mm, right? so I know that's right. Maybe there's a point in your life where you go, what can I do for my family? I'm not saying don't have a job. Of course you should. And, mm. I'm, and by the way, 
if you're happy working like my sister's where you work, wonderful. That's amazing. But if you got that dream inside you, at some point, you got to at least get a side hustle in addition to your work to speak of hustling. So for me, my whole persona, my whole confidence comes from I am going to I'm going to do more than you're going to do. So I deserve more than you're going to get. That's the bottom line. Can I tell you the late Kobe Bryant said, you will never outwork me. Yeah. yeah. Great minds think alike. They, they, do. Do. they do. Okay. In closing, yes. what's the one thing you would say to someone needing to get their hustle back on track? I would say time's running out on you. You better get it together. Like if I could be your friend and talk straight up with you, like you were, you were born to do something great. Let's just get it done. Let's like, let's get to work. Like people say all the time, well, I don't really know what direction to go, right? Get moving, right? Mm. I can't help you steer a parked car. You got to get on the road. So you, you're going to pivot. You're going to adjust. You're going to take left and right turns, but try something. Get out there and get aggressive. Hustle a little bit. Move. Talk to people. Create something. Get an idea. Like you'll be happier just dreaming and thinking about it than you are sitting around struggling, right? You have to get in motion. You have to get moving in life. The world is passing you by. The world is the earth is spinning on its axis right now. Everything that wins moves. It takes charge. It takes steps. Some of those steps will be bad ones. Some of them are going to be negative ones. But here's the thing. I'll tell you this last. I just went to this Vic. I just went to this party. It was for a five year old. I wrote about it in my book. Uh -huh. And they're hitting this pinata. You ever been to one of those pinata things? Yeah, my my yeah. goddaughter's uh, for uh, fourth birthday. So what they do, they take this kid's crazy tradition, right? Spin them around, bam, they hit the pinata. Nothing yeah. goes out. Spin them around, bam. Then they unblindfold that child, put it on the one, bam, bam, bam. Five, six, seven kids go, right? What inevitably happens? No candy comes out. Eventually, they put it on the eighth, ninth kid. They hit it once, bam, all the candy comes out. Here's the okay. thing in life. Every one of those blows that was hitting the pinata was making a dent in it. It was mm. compounding it. Most people don't give themselves credit for the compounded effort of them, the, the swings they're taking, and they quit before all the candy comes out. Keep hitting the pinata of your life. Eventually, the rewards come out. Eventually, the candy shows up. Keep hitting the pinata. That's what I would say. Do the work. Exactly. Do the work. Well, that leads us perfectly into today's hustle hack. Today's hustle hack is hashtag accept responsibility. Like my man Ed said, the instant you accept responsibility and do the work and keep swinging at life and not give up. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. Sometimes you're going to swing. You may strike out. Sometimes you're going to swing. You're going to get a base hit. Sometimes you're going to swing to get a double. And then sometimes you're going to get that home run. But you have to do the work. So accept responsibility because then you can reap the rewards. I want to thank this positive man. Ed Milet for oh, yeah. being on the show today. You are just awesome. I wish for God to continue to bless you with happiness and success. Tell our fans where they can find you. Uh, go to Instagram, Ed Milet, E-D-M-Y-L-E-T-T. -T, and you can find everything if you Google Ed Milet that you need. And then how about your book? Where can they find your book, Max Out? Amazon, go to Amazon, you can get it there. <laughs> All righty, cool. And I just want to thank you so much for joining Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. You have been so inspirational. I just love you tons. You're a great guy. So you. tell your friends to follow your girl at Miss Vivica Fox on Twitter, at Miss V Fox on Instagram, and follow at Stage 29 Podcast too. Don't forget to subscribe, review, download, and listen to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production.
The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Hustling with Vivica A. Fox podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during the podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.